Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Female Footballers Podcast. My name is Kathy Gray. This is Rachel Thomas. We're coming to you from the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Anaheim, California. And our guest today is the founder of Soccer Parenting and the Sideline Project, where she's making youth soccer better through collaborative relationships between club admin, coaches, and parents. Please welcome Sky Eddie Bruce. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. We're so excited. This is such a cool event, and I feel like you've come to this for years, right? I, I think this is my 25th convention. I was counting them out, and we were trying to remember a couple of years, but yeah, I think this is 25 for me. I started coming to the convention when I was 11 or 12, and I was demoing as a like a, for goalkeeping for Dr. Magnick when he would do his different his different uh, sessions. So yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about the evolution? from being a player and demo to, yeah. you know, starting soccer parenting. Sure, sure. Yeah. So um, as, as this convention has grown over the years, you know, so has the game and so has the influence that we're having in the space. Um, so I grew up as a player, um, played in college. I played briefly professionally in Italy. And um, I'm a coach. I'm a coach educator. I've always been a coach. I was always working with goalkeeping and uh, coaching collegiately. And then I had kids. And as my kids were coming up in the game, I just really recognized the sincere need to try to support parents more. So that's been the evolution of soccer learning. It's an education platform um, that is working to make sure parents have the information they need to make sure their players are inspired. Gosh, I love that. Isn't that, I mean, it's so needed. Yeah. Both moms, so yeah. you've seen all. <laughs> I think when you become a parent in this space, it definitely highlights the need for education and resources around how to support children in this, and teens and adults Absolutely. and all sorts of everybody. Yeah. yeah. I thought being a sports parent, a soccer parent, would be so easy for me. I'm like, I'm a former player. I'm a coach. I've been around this game my entire life. I love working with kids. Like, and I struggled so much, especially as my daughter, my older one was coming up in the game. I struggled to show up for her the way that I knew that I wanted to. And that's really what, why soccer parenting started is, is me seeking to be a better soccer parent, sports parent for my daughter. Absolutely. And I think like we see a lot in female footballers, parents who have really great intentions, they want to support, they just don't know how they get caught up and it's funny being a player you I we feel the same way like we think we know even like two weeks ago my son had a tournament I you know I'm like I love to watch you play we had a car ride and that's all I said and he turns to me he's like stop talking and I'm like oh. and then he might say the exact same thing and he might engage in conversation so there's really no winning here so they're not alone in that they get a bad rap for many real reasons some of those stereotypes are real all right which brings me, you know, what are the biggest issues that you're seeing from your perspective in soccer parenting, working with clubs? So there's a couple of things that stand out yeah. probably right away. One of them would be, um, you know, sideline behavior. So that's a really big initiative, um, a key focus. I know that you all with female footballers have um, access to your sideline project course for some of your parents. And, you know, the course is making a big difference. But we really do need to start to address in different ways, um, what sideline behavior, what appropriate sideline behavior is and um, how we need to be showing up for our children so that we're engaging a learning environment that really makes sense for them. And the second key area that probably stands out to me and is something that's a big focus for us is 
for lack of a better way to say it, so the apathy of parents. Like we're busy, we have a lot going on, and idea that there's more education we need to have, or we need to be curious about our child sporting experience, and we really do in order to support them. So probably those are the two issues of me. I mean, really trying to work to improve sideline behavior and soccer parenting. It's really trying to work to inspire parents to get more involved and be curious. Yeah, I think that's, we always talk about when parents come to us with issues, we're like, did you bring it up talking to the coach? Did you bring it to the club? Like they have more power than they realize, but it's how to utilize that power for positivity. I think that they struggle with, right? Absolutely. And it, it's funny. I was talking to a parent today um, here at the convention, uh, uh, mom who works in the game and came up to me seeking some advice because you know, she was really struggling with how to show up for her child. And um, even in the, with the best of intentions that we have, we see our children struggling. We see them, um, you know, maybe not getting uh, playing time or making a big mistake in a game. And we want to try to help our kids. And quite frankly, a lot of times we come in and rescue them a little bit too much. And that in our, the way that we're interacting with our children is just not helping. And we, as former educators, we see the same thing. I think yeah. we see the helicopter parenting, the snow snowplow parent, <laughs> the evolution of it, you know, the different um, generations of parenting yes. and um, our generation of parents got played in not a, not the same soccer world that we have, but, um, you know, it was more structured, obviously, than our parents and generation mm -hmm. for us and things like that and access, but it's a new, it's a new thing. The, the environment is different than yeah. it was even you know 10 years ago but it, it, it it's something as parents we talk a lot at female footballers about self-awareness it really requires parents to mm -hmm. do that self-awareness for them absolutely as a, in the parenting role like yeah. you may have a great soccer background we all have great soccer background we love kids mm -hmm. we love to coach but we've never been a parent of a yeah. kid in this environment and how to support them and what these kids are facing too in their own world you know exactly. so just, yeah, it's yeah. so amazing the, the work you're doing yeah. to help bring this to everybody. Well, that's what I love about the Silent Project course we offer to our winter and summer mentorship parents. And it's just a way for them to check that self-awareness. Like, what am I doing? How right. am I showing up? Before I ask for great ways to be supportive, let's check where am I at right now. Absolutely. Right? We just launched a framework on Soccer Parent Resource Center earlier this year called the CREATE Framework. And it's six steps for parents to become a more inspiring and empowering sports parent. And um, so the create is, you know, find your community. And the second thing that we want parents to do is to reflect. And we have a whole reflection journal for parents about what their sports experiences were like, um, what, how they're experiencing their child sporting experience, and also um, how they're, if they're establishing community and, and, you know, kind of reflecting on the feeling of community around their child sports experience. So absolutely that reflection is, is essential. And you're right. Like, the environment that our kids are in is so much different than what we grew up in. There's a lot more pressure. There's a lot more what feels like it's kind of on the line with the structures, whether they're good or bad. It is the structures that our kids are performing in. And um, it does require us to to do more, seek more. Yeah, absolutely. Do you find that there's a difference for ages or genders when it comes to how to support, best support your, your player? Um, I would say instead of maybe classifying it into ages and genders I would just say how a child is showing up mentally like like this is sort of where I had a lot of struggles with my daughter it wasn't that she was a girl it wasn't that she was nine uh although I will come back to that because I do think that that was part of the issue but um it 
it was really just her mental makeup. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I was treating her like, and assuming she felt the same way I felt. So once I realized that she literally is approaching this, sees the situation differently um, than I ever did, you know, I was able to sort of empathize a little bit more with her and and support her better. The other thing that I was doing kind of to go back to the age thing, because yes, there is, I think we have a tendency and it's very easy for us to remember what we were like in high school, but what were we like when we were eight? And, and what mentality did we have then? And so I found myself and what I do find other parents are doing oftentimes is, is, uh, is treating their nine-year-olds as if they're a 16-year-old mentally and how they should be showing up. And so we need to um, have a little bit of perspective there. Uh, I totally agree with that. Don't you see yeah. that? Almost a little bit like that. We talked about the professionalization mm -hmm. of the youth sports, you know, at that, at the younger levels, feeling that and trying to provide the mental support yeah. for that situation as yeah. well. But it's so interesting to hear you talk about your, your reflection on your, um, or, or that recognition mm -hmm. when you saw like, oh, I don't see this as her because, so I have three teenage daughters and I've had those moments. I'm like, oh yeah, not just in sports, of course, but in yeah. so many things like, wow, that is just, you have a totally different lens and that's great. Exactly. But it's also like a, you have to shift like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. that's, I like this it. is really important to me or not important to me. It's really important to them mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever it is right. and try to meet them so that you can help them guide them through. My husband and I always talk about being shepherds, you know, yeah. not dictators telling yeah. them what to do, but guiding. guiding. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like that. I like the word you use, like seeing uh, the lens, like seeing through the lens of the nine-year-old, seeing it through the lens of their situation based on how they're feeling. Yeah, no, I, I think so much, so much, so many ways that we can support our children and, uh, and show up differently for them. Well, I think that's where we deal a lot with, um, athletes 12 and up, mainly mm -hmm. 12 to 18 though. Yeah. And I think that we notice parents attack it, even if they can put themselves back in that place. And I know what it was like to be in high school. We're dealing with completely different structure of mm -hmm. the game, structure of society, yeah. totally different pressures. And a lot of people kind of push that under the rug and they're like, no, that's not the case. But would you agree with that mm -hmm. from your perspective? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think I, I talk a lot about the professionalization of sport and for the good or bad of it, if it's good or bad, um, I, I don't know that that's part of the conversation because it is what it is, mm -hmm. but it is so much different. And um, and also the demands, like the physical demands, the mental demands that are placed on these kids, the expectations that we have of them. I also think that, you know, a lot of the work that we're doing at soccer parenting is about, like I said, parents having perspective, having more awareness. And also, um, so I mentioned this conversation I was having with this parent earlier today here at the convention. And at one point I had to look at her and say, and you realize that the situation your child was in was totally wrong. Like they should not have faced that situation. And I could see the relief on her face when I said that, because I'm not sure she knew that before. Mm -hmm. And we have a tendency to just assume that if this is the situation all the other parents are okay with, or if this is, you know, how other kids are, are showing up and they're okay, then, then our child should be okay too. But that's not necessarily the case. I think that's the hardest part of parenting is knowing like you're, you know, there's my, for example, I have three kids, 13, 10 and seven. And we just let my seven year old start playing comp. And we didn't want him to play comp because I feel like that's really young. Yeah. He's the one that pushed forward as the third kid. He knows what it all means sure. and stuff. 
But I do think like what you just said, where it's, um, they don't know, like we're assuming we don't get to, the structure is so much bigger than us. So we just accept it and put them in these situations that they're really not ready for. And then we're afraid to be the parent that stands up for it because we don't want to be the crazy mm. soccer mom or whatever. Yeah. Right. right. But I think that's where it's that balance. Of Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm starting to see a big movement. And, you know, part of what we're doing with soccer parenting is giving voice and giving agency to soccer parents mm -hmm. so that, you know, they can maybe pause and say, you know what, this is not making sense for my 12 year old who loves the game on an average level mm -hmm. to be traveling and doing so much and for this to take each other time. And that's a lot of the reason why kids are leaving soccer is because they're not playing at the right level with the right demands based on their mentality towards it. And so, you know, if we can help guide parents on, okay, what is your child's mentality? What is the best environment for them? It doesn't have to be more and more and more and more. It's really what's best for the child. And, so, and clubs are starting to recognize that too, and are starting to say, wait, we have to develop a programming for these kids so that they stay involved in the game. Um, and so how can we manipulate the league that these kids are playing in? Or can we start a team for kids that want to play, but only want to come to training twice a week mm -hmm. and play a local game, even if they are good? Yeah. Um, that That's one of my questions is not on here, I know. But um, like, do you ever get frustrated in your position when you're dealing with clubs who might not offer that? Or is that part of your job? You're going in and saying like, you know, you still have all these people that really want to play when we look at, look, you know, creating something different or yeah. never get like so annoyed because some of the clubs can be really um, rigid in the way they view the structure. Yeah, I'm starting to see, I mean, one of the things I'm very optimistic about, about soccer in America right now is the increased and in the improvement of leadership in clubs. So I do think we're starting to see better leaders mm -hmm. in the game, people that are generationally played the game, um, so with that, I think I feel optimistic that we're starting to uh, really put the kit, the needs of the kids first. But interestingly, my first slide and my presentation that I'm doing here at the convention on, on Friday is a quote from my friend Marco Sullivan, who's from Sweden. He's a professor now and also at a really big a sporting college there. And he said to me the other day, is soccer for the children or are children for soccer? And like, are we creating and meeting the holistic needs of children or have we created this environment and then are asking kids to just fit into it? No. And, um, so good. <laughs> I, I use that quote in a previous presentation I did for U.S. Youth Soccer State Association leaders at their leadership summit. And honestly, everyone talked about it all weekend. Mm -hmm. I just had it up there as like a quick slide. I didn't really think that much about it, but um, I had engaged in conversation with many, many people. And I think we need to ask ourselves that. Mm -hmm. And this is why I'm optimistic because this is the movement that we're starting to see with the leadership. Like mm -hmm. people are willing to have that conversation mm -hmm. and want, generally want to show up for kids and, and support them with an environment that meets their needs and helps them continue to feel inspired by their experiences. Yeah. I think that's what I love about the convention. I've only done CoachCon. This is our first convention here for female mm -hmm. callers, but it's really nice to be around coaches who do care yes. and they're here because they want to improve yeah. and they value, you know, professional Yeah, I mean, soccer, coaching soccer is lonely. You know, you, you yeah. oftentimes you go out to your team, um, you have the game, maybe you don't have a great performance and then you take all of that yourself mm -hmm. and you go home and then you go to practice and you don't have these interactions. Mm -hmm. I, 
I love the convention for that reason. It's like becomes very obvious how much potential we have to really support children because there's so many incredible people and presenters here. Totally. Well, speaking of supporting children, what for our last question, what are some of the best ways parents can show support? Not to, we don't want to take things away from your courses and all that, but you know, what are some of your tips to show, you know, like providing support for the passion kids have, mm -hmm. but also not putting intense pressure? Yeah. I mean, that's like the hardest. Yeah. Like, am I not to, um, and I really experienced a lot of this with my child who, as an example, um, you know, my, my daughter had really high performance dreams. She went and played in college. She was an all American in college. Like she, she's a very good player and she's little. And so I knew that it was really important for her to be strong. Mm -hmm. If she's going to be so small, like she's really got to stand out from a strength perspective to uh, play at a high level. And um, and so I always had a gym membership for her. Like I, I have a gym membership. I always just got the family membership and we lived in a neighborhood and her friend was a member at the same gym and would go up to the gym all the time. They could walk up to it. Callie would never go. And I would be so, I mean, there were times where I was like, I have to go stand alone in my closet for a couple of minutes because it's stressing me out. I, mean, I don't know why I cared so much about it, but Callie goes to the gym every day. Like she just, she just, found her way. Like it wasn't because of any pressure I put on her. So I think what we can do as parents is we can provide them with the tools and the opportunities that they need, the support that they need. And then we have to let our children lead the way. Mm -hmm. And it is a really hard balance. Um, I think it's essential that parents understand the science behind motivation and really understand self-determination theory specifically. Like if I could give them one bit of advice, it would be to get really curious about you know, confidence, autonomy, and how important autonomy is when it comes to motivation and how we can encourage our kids to have that sense of autonomy and, and our children feeling confident about their experiences and feeling, you know, whether that's watching video of themselves and understanding and, um, you know, uh, and seeing themselves improve. And then the sense of relatedness. And we talk a lot about that at soccer parenting. It's, um, these moments of inspiration that we can have for our kids we call them moments of ignition where we're sort of igniting this flame with our children and that could be something as simple as going outside and playing with your child when they're younger um i just we just came back from london we did a big soccer parenting tour six and six tour six games in six days we had 50 people from the u.s families that all came nobody knew each other just coming from all different areas of the country but there was so many moments of ignition there during that um during that tour so i think those are you know two key things that parents can uh you know think more about in order to support the kids absolutely that's so helpful i love the point about autonomy we talk a lot about that yeah. and i think like that helicopter parent wants to do it all for them. And we just can't, we yeah. have to let them, and you know, they have to even if they fail, that's where the most growth happens. Yes. Yeah. We were in the um, NWSL panel this morning, listening to the GMs, Le okay. Lucy Rushton, Leslie Gallimore, um, Haley Carter, and I'm blanking on Mark's last name, yeah. but the Washington Spirit Coach. And, um, I think it was Leslie that said something about failure and how it's not just about letting them fail, but it's about seeing them through the failure and still being there. And yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That's a whole yeah. Great little tip. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. I mean, Leslie's the best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's on the board. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for That's taking it. I know how busy you are. And I can't tell you everybody I've talked to here at the yeah. convention. I'm like, 
yeah, we have Skype now. And they're like, oh my God. Like, and they're like, you know, she, they're like she's so celebrity. Oh, really definitely a celebrity. It's just a testament to the influence that we're having. Yeah. I'm so proud of the work that we're doing to try to improve culture. And parents are absolutely a big part of the solution. And, and uh, you know, their level of engagement is, is essential. So. so for our parents, so we have the sideline project. That's more of an individualized course. What for the parents listening on here who might be interested in working sure. with you as a club or their team, what, yeah. what can they do? Well, our education platform website is Soccer Parent Resource Center. So they can become a member at SoccerParentResourceCenter.com. Um, it's very affordable for individual memberships, $36 a year. Um for parents to become a member. And that will give them access to an incredibly robust education platform where they'll have six different courses they could take. They will have um, access to hundreds of interviews that we've done, different articles, um, different, like the create framework, all of that is there on the mm -hmm. site. So definitely if you're a parent that feels like you should be showing up or could be showing up a little bit differently, uh, please check out soccerparentresourcecenter.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with us. We so appreciate it. Absolutely. We love having you on. Absolutely. Have a great convention. Thank you. you. Too. Uh -huh.